Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of South of Fine. I, as usual, am your host, Reese Lau. This week, we're going to be talking about the holidays and how we can cope with the added stress that many of us experience. While the holidays are an exciting time, it's no surprise that the expectations of the holiday season, like family gatherings and gift giving and cooking, and you know that's just to name a few, they can all be extremely overwhelming. And these added demands can cause unwanted stress and anxiety in a time that's really just meant to be joyful and spent enjoying quality time with the loved ones. And of course, this year, the holidays will likely look a little bit different with uh, all the COVID has given us. Let's dig in. How you doing? You okay? How's it going? How you feeling today? Welcome to South of Fine, a podcast from Right Track Medical Group dedicated to destigmatizing mental health in the South through genuine conversation about the challenges that we all face every day. For more information, please visit our website, righttrackmedical.com backslash South of Fine. While we hope you enjoy listening to our podcast, please remember that this is not a substitute for professional diagnosis or for the treatment of any mental health condition. So to help us understand a little bit more about holiday stress and how to manage it, we are joined by Christine Green, a therapist at Right Track Medical Group's Hattiesburg Clinic and Dayton Brassfield. Dayton, I said that correctly, right? Yes. Okay. Um, she's a therapist at Right Track Medical Group Starkville Clinic. Guys, good to have you here. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. Of course. So let's jump right into this. I know everybody's got a few places. You got clients. Um, and I want to go play golf. I'm just kidding. I don't want to go play golf. <laughs> uh, so during the winter, there are, um, we often hear about seasonal affective disorder or SAD. Do you think that this contributes to holiday stress or are those completely separate concerns? Sure, sure. So I think that those can be related. Um, I think they can also be separate. So seasonal affective disorder usually kind of refers to people who experience a major depressive episode with a seasonal pattern. Um, so usually they might experience a major depressive episode beginning in the fall or winter months, and then it usually seems to kind of dissipate or remit in the spring. Um, so I mean, that can definitely add to the I think natural stress we might experience around the holidays. Um, but again, stress is normal. And I don't think stress always, you know, becomes as severe as depression. So what are some common causes of stress around the holidays? Well, in general, this time of year brings a lot of chaos, you know, and I think that most people holidays are hard on themselves and, um, during this time of year, like you said, there is the seasonal things that have correlation between, you know, these depressive states that people experience and um, holidays in general. They're typically a really hard time in terms of like grief. Um, it all, you know, holidays remind us of certain times and of certain memories and things of that nature. You know, there's a lot of correlation between the chaos and the stress and the holidays. Yeah. Do you guys um, get busier during the holidays? I think it can be a, a hit or miss. I think um, sometimes we might see more people um, 
if they are dealing with increased stress or increased depression, that could be, you know, a time where people are, are really coming in for services. Um, at the same time, that can sometimes affect people coming in, you know, so if they are severely stressed or they feel like they have a lot on their plate, they have a lot on their schedule or they are, you know, even more depressed than usual, that could prevent them from coming in. So in my experience, it, it really has been kind of a hit or miss. Yeah. And you kind of, we've touched on the fact that stress does increase just inevitably during the holidays. There's, I don't know who said it. I think Dave, you said chaos. I mean, there's a lot of chaos and especially this year with COVID happening. Um, what are some tips that you guys could give people to maybe preemptive strike uh, or manage what's about what's coming, coming upon us with the holiday season? I think knowing yourself really well and knowing your groove, you know, as Christina said, you know, it's very hit or miss of people who either come in extra on the holidays because they do find comfort in it and others who find comfort in like making a list and getting it done. You know, I think a lot of it has a lot to do with like how well you know yourself and how well you know how to prevent these depressive episodes or these anxiety episodes or, you know, how well do you know yourself in order to prevent these things um, and how to prevent the utmost chaos that there is, there could be. Yeah. That's interesting too, because you know, a lot of, on a lot of these episodes we talk about, we bring up anxiety and typically because of the stigma associated with mental health care and the South specifically, people don't associate mental health problems with anxiety. That's just a part of being a human being, but that's a huge piece that can lead to worse symptoms. So during yeah. the holidays as, in, as anxiety cre- increases, um, that's a big deal. And it's, it's sometimes hard to manage. Um, I know that I, I've got four kids, so I've got a lot of anxiety during the holidays, but I think that that's based on financial. <laughs> it sounds situational. that's right situational yeah um Mm -hmm. so i and i didn't tell you guys sometimes i do get off script so don't worry i'll come back around we'll skip around a a few times here um so you know i just mentioned that i was a parent and there are a lot of expectations during the holidays um my kids have expectations my wife has expectations i have expectations my parents or my mother has expectations in-laws, you know, that's a whole circle of expectations that are not the same. Or, or, you know, uh, being cheery. I mean, you know, you have to put on a good face. So how can we let some of these unrealistic expectations to attend everything, to please everyone? How can we deal with those? I think like Dayton was saying, it it can be helpful to know yourself. I think it can be helpful to kind of look back on past holidays and and review, if you will, how that went. Um, You know, so did you set your expectations too high? Um, Was it hard to meet your expectations or your family's expectations? And and trying to see, you know, where where are some areas where I can lower those expectations? You know, what are some areas that I can make some changes in? so again, if, if there's something about the holidays that I, I don't necessarily enjoy or, um, you know, I, I don't like to keep up with these certain traditions, can I change those? Can I make changes so that I don't have to keep up with these expectations? Yeah, I guess the holidays is a good time to 
analyze yourself. <laughs> and two priorities during this time of year are so important. You know, realistically, you cannot meet all 37 expectations that you just talked about. Right. You know, and right. so right. prioritizing right. is, you know, my kids' expectation more important than mine or more important than my mother-in-law is like, whose expectations do I really want to prioritize? You know, because you're only one person. You cannot meet everyone's. And so kind of finding peace in that, I think, could help. Yeah, peace would be not having to buy lots of presents. <laughs> I said, don't, do I? I don't have to. Right? <laughs> no. Yeah, you that's don't. Right. That's right. That's what budgets are for. I guess that's part of the organization. Um. Do you guys ever have stress during the holidays? Absolutely. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you kind of let it get, sometimes you let it get the best to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I think about, I always anticipate them with such um, peace and then it gets into it. And of course there's that inevitable conversation that I have with my wife that I am the Grinch or Scrooge because I'm all, <laughs> You know, we lose our tempers and, you know, I don't know. That chaos tends to bring irritability too. Yeah. And so we do lose our tempers a lot during times like this. Chaos of the holidays. And this year's very different due to COVID. So there's even more added stress. Yeah. So what, um, how, how can families manage that COVID stress that's coming up? And there's a lot of like risk tolerance with family members and, um, grandparents that are going to be around. Um, do y'all have any suggestions on how we kind of navigate those waters? I think, I mean, one thing we've kind of seen throughout this year as we've, I guess, adjusted, you know, to this new COVID lifestyle um, is, is, yeah, we're not able to maybe be around family or friends as much as we would like. Um, I think it can be really important to consider what makes us feel safe and healthy, but also what makes our, maybe our parents or grandparents, or whoever feel healthy and safe. Um, so, you know, if, if we can't meet, you know, I think one thing that's been great is, is having FaceTime or, uh, you know, Zoom meetings, if you will. Um, or maybe, you know, one thing I thought about is, is some people really enjoy some of, again, the traditions of holidays. So maybe that's cooking. Maybe you still want to cook a meal, but you can't have your family over. Um, but maybe you make to-go plates. You know, maybe you, you have your family come by and pick up food or, uh, maybe if you have, you know, elderly family members, maybe you bring them food um, if you can see them. You know, again, I think practice, practicing safe social distancing. So still trying to make the best of the situation just with adjustments. Yeah, that's great. So I think you said something in there that triggered this. But what about people that are alone during the holidays? And we all live in university towns. And I think that there are college students that probably struggle with this. And of course, there are older people that struggle with this. Can we talk a little bit about how they can help themselves or how we as a community can help them? Um, if you have any suggestions along those lines. Dayton, what do you think? Um, in terms of, you know, the college kids, I think, like you were saying, Christina was saying, you know, this time of year that there are more people alone right now due to COVID and, you know, things like that. But I think learning to accept these adjustments and um, understanding that it is temporary, you know, that this, the next month is going to go, whether we like it or not. 
and learn how to adjust in the best way possible. And there's other things you can do, like such as FaceTime and telephone calls. And, you know, there's also other people you can reach out to besides the family that you do or do not have. You know, finding another group of people that are alone, like finding another support system. Um, you know, it does it does take effort in that sense. You know, it may be finding a different group that also feels alone and finding support in that. Does it does it help to just go like if you are finding yourself alone during the holidays, does it help to just go maybe sit at a coffee shop where you're around other people? Um, or does it take more, like you said, like make an effort to engage or does just being around others helpful? I think it depends on the person. Yeah. I was going to say, I think simply being around other people is, is nice in itself. You know, I don't, while we all might enjoy some alone time and peace and quiet, you know, I, I don't think we should be isolated for too long, you know, for extended periods of time that can start to be detrimental to our mental health. So yeah, even just going like I said to a coffee shop or, you know, to a restaurant just to be around people um, is helpful. Um, I was even thinking, you know, the, the holidays seem to be a great time to volunteer, you know, so maybe you don't have a lot of family or friends to be around, kind of be, be around other people, find ways to help other people, um, and volunteering, you know, that, that can bring, I think, benefits to ourselves as well. That can usually make us feel, feel pretty good, you know, pretty positive about our experiences when we're able to do something like that. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, so guys, what about, uh, people who have really difficult, you know, we talk about families and a lot of us, we love our families and have, you know, not too many big ordeals, but what about people that have really big problems with their families and, and have to attend these events with their families and because it's a family feel obligated to be there. Um, and there are other problems that are involved in that and things that need to be discussed, but what can help them feel better about the holidays to, or even cope with the visit? Yeah. Well, I'll take that one. Um, I think even, you know, like you said, sometimes we feel obligated to be around family, even if family is stressful or maybe we don't always have the most positive relationships with people in our family. Um, so I, I think still practicing self-care and having healthy boundaries is important. I mean, it's always important. And so, you know, it's okay, I think, to limit your time, limit your interactions with family, you know, so maybe you don't see them every single day, or maybe, you know, you go by for 15 minutes, not an hour, um, you know, and, and trying to, to spend time around positive people. So if people in your family are stressful, you know, that might be, and even more important time to make sure you're you're associating with positive family or positive friends. Um, but also, again, that's where that alone time can be helpful, making sure you have time for yourself to kind of relax and, <laughs> you know, kind of deal with the stressors that you might have just faced being with your family. I noticed that you didn't say in all of those drink more. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> That might be a uh, that might be something you want to do. Um, <laughs> I think that it's helpful to be mindful of that. Uh, yeah, I not mean, overindulging. <laughs> that borderline on the unhealthy coping right. skills. There you go. That's on the others. Yeah, <laughs> which a lot of us uh, are, are very good at. Um, 
Yeah, so overindulging is not a good idea. I think boundaries, like Christina said, would probably be your best, you know, one of the more beneficial factors. And that is, like you said, if you know going to this certain family member's home, you leave and you're upset and you're, you know, overwhelmed with negative emotions, like limit yourself. No, I can handle 30 minutes. I can't handle a minute more, a minute less, but I can handle the 30 minutes, you know, and so not allowing, keeping that very clear boundaries of like, that's all I'm going to stay. Mm. And, you know, having peace and not have to necessarily explain that to anyone else, but knowing that this is how long I'm going to stay and I will leave it for 30 minutes. Having just very clear boundaries. Yeah. I love that you guys are basically telling people, give yourself permission to do what suits you, mm-hmm. you know, while, while you're giving to others, what you're giving them that time that, but limit it, make sure that you're healthy because anything over that time limit, if you do have problems there, say you stay 40 minutes, it could develop into some sort of conversation that's even more stressful. Um, so I love that you're giving people permission to take care and don't have to do everything um, that's out there. Um so at family gatherings, I think this is probably pretty similar to a lot of the answers that we've discussed. Um, rather than exacerbating the stress and anxiety, what are some ways to keep the peace in just standard conversation um, if that's an issue? Well, if they are your family, you probably know them fairly well. There's probably certain conversations that you know good and well to steer clear from. You know, there's, you know, you tend to know people by, at that point, if they're your family, you've known them for a while, you know, stay away from certain conversations that, you know, will bring up certain behaviors that you don't care for. You know, if you hate right. dad and mom discuss politics with me, okay, well, don't bring up politics. <laughs> you know, if you hate the way your sister-in-law treats your children, don't offer your advice because you know she's not going to take it. Yeah, as I say, it goes back to boundaries. And and I think part of setting boundaries is to be assertive, you know, so it's okay to be upfront, you know, to be direct, but respectful to say, you know, I'd really prefer if we didn't talk about that today, you know, or I really prefer if we could just focus on this. Um, Like you said, like, you know, politics, maybe that can be off the table. Um, you know, things like that, that you can, you can set those boundaries. You can be pretty explicit about what you will or will not put up with, honestly. Yeah, that's great. Um, I think, I think that all of these suggestions are really practical. This is a practical show. Um, And, uh, (laughs) you know, it's, it's interesting because we're not going like in depth into this particular topic because the holiday stress is different for everyone. Like you guys said, um, there's pieces of stress that are minimal and there's pieces that are huge. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I have a little bit of trepidation about the holidays because my father died this year. Sorry it's to hear that. the first Christmas without him. Um, so that's that. Well, thank you. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's, sure. there's a lot of, like I said, trepidation is the best word to use. So I feel for all those people, um, you know, we've had a lot of deaths this year and there's a lot of people going through the, the exact same thing. So I hope that in any added stress, like talking politics or talking about 
I love the sister example because <laughs> I know my wife. And, <laughs> um, she has a sister, and they love each other dearly. They really I'm do. Sure. Um, but yeah, so I think that on top of everything else that's going on, just these practical things of to say, you know, setting boundaries, and you know, understanding, like you said, kind of anal- not analyzing yourself. What's a better way to say that? I mean, self self reflection, self awareness. Good. Okay. Great. Um, I think that those are going to be so useful um, moving forward. They will be to me. Uh, holiday stress. That Um Well, thank you guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. uh, are you guys staying in your respective towns for the holidays or are you going elsewhere? Yeah, my due date is December 24th. Oh my gosh. So I'm not really sure where I'll be. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So, so I can be at the hospital. I can be home. <laughs> I'm not really sure what's going to go on. Congratulations. Well, that's super cool. Congratulations. Yeah. Yes, I'll be Thank in Hansburg. Um, my husband and I both have family here, so that makes it easy and difficult. <laughs> a lot of family to see in, in a short period of time, but we're also very fortunate we don't have to travel too far. So we'll be around, around Hattiesburg. All right. Well, guys, thank you for your time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks for having us. If you have questions about mental health and the COVID-19 pandemic that you'd like our providers to answer in a future episode, please email southoffine at righttrackmedical.com. And if you'd like more information about Right Track Medical Group or the South of Fine podcast, please visit righttrackmedical.com. Thanks to our production team, Kelly Huntsberger, Caitlin Clegg, Carol Ann Hughes, Alica Batista, and Reese Lau. Special thanks to Squadcast for providing superior remote interview services.